This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock bands on Freeza Geese. Each week will feature a rotating schedule of insightful full show recaps, interviews with fellow Umphreaks, members of Team UM, as well as other musicians who have been inspired by and or played with the band. This is your place for all the latest news and happenings within the world of Umphreaks, helping keep you informed on what's been recently released or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah Jaginiak. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. I hope that you're able to check out last week's episode where I chatted with Umphreys McGee stage manager, Robbie Williams. Robbie and I talk about a whole bunch of topics like night two of Atlanta and what that was like for him, getting the guys ready for Wrapped Around Nashville earlier in February what it's been like being at home with his wife, Melissa, and their two kids for almost a year now, and how parenting is the hardest, most rewarding job in the world, to say the least. (laughs) He also takes us back to the day he told Kevin yes and began working with Umphreys back in 2005. Uh, Robbie also shares a few of his favorite venues, and why we say fuck you to Joel, and so much more. Just such a really, really great conversation. Definitely make sure you check that out if you haven't. Thank you so much to Robbie for your time. It was such a pleasure to finally meet you and chat and learn a a little bit more about how you got your job with the band and commiserate over parenthood. There is a link in the show notes where you can check out the audio of our chat and where you can watch the video on the show's YouTube page if that is more your thing. Before we get into it this week, I got a couple of exciting things. Uh, This week, I am coming to you from my brand new studio in my basement. Um, My husband and I constructed this little makeshift sound booth with PVC piping and acoustic blankets. Um, So I have this awesome space in my basement now where I can record and do my interviews and everything else. It's a really, really cool little space and I'm super grateful to finally have Um, a spot to do some recording. I've been doing my recording since the beginning um, in my coat closet or another random closet in the house or maybe the bathroom or something. Um, So it's nice to finally have, you know, a nice sound space set up. Um, The space that you see previously on the YouTube channel uh, was just like a little section of the basement, uh, but it was all open. So now I'm enclosed in here And it's really awesome. So I'm very excited for this new new thing for the show and, you know, having better sounds and uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm very, very excited to have this space. And I'm just kind of thinking of a name now of, of what I would like to name my studio. So if anybody's got any cool ideas, some rad ideas of what to name the studio, uh, please let me know. Um, I hope everyone is loving their first 
print issue of Conduit. I think everyone who signed up should have January's issue by now. Thank you to everyone who has posted about getting theirs. It's very awesome to see them in everybody's hands and hear how much everybody is enjoying them. February's issue will be hitting the streets soon if you signed up for a subscription by February 15th. Um, you'll for sure get the print version this month. And if you miss that deadline, it's okay. Your subscription will start in March. Um, and there's still time to sign up and snag the e-version coming at the end of the month. So if you want to grab that, there is a link in the show notes where you can sign up for Conduit Magazine. This week on the show, I'll be bringing you a full and complete rundown of the recent three nights that the band played at Chris's new studio in Nashville, affectionately called Rocktopus's Garden, on February 4th, 5th, and 6th. This was the longest that the band has gone not playing together, last playing in October 2020 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway on the 9th and the 10th. There is a full recap of those shows. I will link in the show notes if you want to give that a listen. I will say it feels really good to have some new music to talk about. It certainly felt longer than four months since the last time I've done a recap episode. And it was nice to kind of dig back into those skills of listening and dissecting their music. And even though these three nights were more scaled down than what a full three-night run would be at a venue somewhere, there's still a lot to unpack from the weekend. Um, These evenings are available for re-listen on Nugs. There is a link uh, in the show notes for that, as well as the videos that the band released for uh, uh, Wappy into Front Porch from the 6th, Final Word from the 5th, and Wizard into Ocean Billy from the 4th. It was very cool to check out Chris's space, something that he has been working to create for a few years now. Um, I will actually be talking to Chris in a few weeks. I'm super excited about having the opportunity to have him on the show, and I'm really excited to talk about a lot of topics with him, but especially his new studio and everything that went into creating that awesome space. Shout out to Crescent Sun Lighting and Tannen Fitzpatrick for doing the lights during the weekend and creating the right vibe each night. Crescent Sun Lighting was brought in by Keith Greiner, who worked on the video for the weekend and also took some very awesome photos. Shout out to him um, as well for all of his hard work. I will link his uh, website, his social, um, his photos in the show notes. Uh, Trannon took the reins on this one for Crescent Sunlighting because of his knowledge of Umphreys McGee tunes. Keith and Crescent Sunlighting have also recently worked together on some Kick the Cat stuff, which is, of course, Chris's other band. And also, Kick the Cat had a preview on night three for their show that they live-streamed on the 11th. Uh, This preview was originally planned for night two, but that was changed because of the technical difficulties. Um, If you don't know what I'm talking about, we'll get to that when we talk about night two. Um, I will link Kick the Cat in the show notes if you'd like to check them out. Um, I did watch their live stream on the 11th. It was on their Facebook page. 
Um, I'll also link that too. Um, and I thought they were really good. Um, I suggest you giving them a chance if you haven't. Um, you can definitely tell the Frank Zappa influence when you hear them for sure. But I really think that you guys will enjoy them. So give them a chance if you haven't. <clears throat> so back to these shows. This weekend would feature fan voted songs, an acoustic set, and a choose your own adventure set as well as the band answering some questions between songs, also sent in by fans. Interesting fact that you may not have noticed, the band did not have talkback mics, meaning everything had to be communicated via hand signals or glances to each other. And still, they sounded incredible. I felt that set one of night one was my favorite, followed by set one of night three, of course, hard to choose a favorite, but if I had to choose, those are my top two sets. Do you have a small business that makes shirts, pins, jewelry, stickers, prints, or sells other interesting products or art that you think peeps would love to get their hands on? Is your band looking to get some attention from fellow music-loving umfreaks? Maybe you provide an awesome service that could make folks' lives better or easier and want some like-minded clientele. Or perhaps you're looking to hire some cool people to work with. Let Dropped Among This Crowd and Conduit E-Magazine help you get the word out. With ad space in monthly issues of Conduit, commercial spots on the podcast, ticket giveaways, social media plugs, product reviews, guest spots on the show, and more. Dropped Among This Crowd and Conduit can help you reach tons of fellow umfreaks, musicians, and other kind folks looking to purchase from you, work with you, and support their fellow umph family. Email dropped at gmail.com or conduitemagazine at gmail.com if you're interested in chatting more about the amazing packages we offer. So let's get started with night one. I think a perfectly chosen and number four most voted getter, Mantis. This standalone version would slip very comfortably right into the jam slightly after six minutes. And I'll say it now, and I'm sure I will say it a few more times in this episode, but Stasek was really on fire all weekend. He has mentioned that he's continuing his dry January and being sober the entire weekend, I think, honestly served him very well. He was really in it and just goddamn listening back. They just sounded so good from the word go. Seriously making it feel like that the last time we saw them play together was the day before. Like it, it they just picked it up like there was no time in between. Just like riding a bike, you just don't forget. Get right back on and just go. And the line, we believe there's something here worth dying for. Yeah, that one really hit this time. I mean, it's it's so great about Umfree songs. I don't know if it's just me, but I mean, I know these lyrics. I reference them often, but sometimes something's going on in your life or whatever. And there will be this line and you're just like, oh, wow damn like that hits just a little different right now so that that line is just great anyways but that one was just like damn 
<laughs> cooling its heels and Jake making it cry as it sweetly flows back into Mantis. That was 100% what we all needed, and I don't know about you, but I totally said, fuck yeah, <laughs> incredibly loud in my living room after that one, and honestly, the other times that I've listened to that song back, I've, I've said it too. <laughs> that one just really, really felt great. I shook off a little bit of what the last four months had for us with that one, and now we're really ready to get into the evening with the number six fan-voted song, Two by Two. The journey they take this one on would for sure put this on a Hall of Fame list. Stasic leading the way as we embark on this grimy and ominous adventure slightly after six and a half. Jake using, in case you didn't know, it's a low-frequency oscillator box, that fun little thing that's like all blippy and stuff. Um, that's what it's called, um, and he uses that as the jam continues to build itself stronger and quickly, in case you did not know, a low-frequency oscillation box, it's a hard word to say, <laughs> is an electronic frequency that is usually below 20 hertz and creates a rhythmic pulse or sweep. This pulse or sweep is used to modulate musical equipment, much as synthesizers to create audio effects such as vibrato, tremolo, and phasing. Low frequency oscillation as a concept uh, was first introduced in the modular synths of the 1960s and 1970s. LFOs have since appeared in some form on almost every synthesizer and most recently other electronic musical instruments such as samplers and software synthesizers. So yeah, <laughs> that's pretty interesting. I had no idea what that little thing was until I did a little research. Um, I will link some of that info in the show notes if you want to read some more. This jam grows into a very nasty, full-bodied beauty, getting itself all in a tizzy and getting its footing for a minute as it starts focusing on driving its way back home, sharply rounding the corner and bringing it right into that sexy Bayless solo and the conclusion of 2 by 2 Throughout the weekend, the band answered some questions that fans submitted either on Twitter and I think maybe on Instagram people were submitting questions, um, all different kinds of questions during the weekend. The first one asked uh, what songs of theirs that they hate, hate that they wrote it, hate that they play it. Um, no real answer. Um, Bayla saying that Andy mentioned that there's only love at Umphreys McGee. There's too much hate in the world. And I think that's very true. And honestly, I think that would be... Um, Kind of a cool t-shirt idea also. <laughs> Stomping right into Muff 2, The Revenge, next. Last played December 27th, 2019 at the Fillmore in Denver. If you'd like to hear a great version of this tune, check out January 29th, 2017 at the Anthology in Rochester, New York. I know I've chatted about that show before. This was part of the little Jakeless run when he was sick back in 2017. I had never heard Muff 2 uh, without Jake before that night, and that one would go on a nice whimsical walk around the park. And so if you're curious about how Muff sounds without Jake, take that one for a spin. 
As Brendan says, Joel taking us on a quest as we're making our way into Anchor Drops next. And I just love Jake's little Joel good joke (laughs) before. That one, another one that was just really good to put on for a minute. The next question coming from a semi-recent guest on the podcast, Joe Salgo from Of Clocks and Clouds. Asking if the band and crew were forced to face cannibalism, who would they eat first? The answer coming to Louie, with Bayless stating that Joel would have to stick to Ben Factor because of them both having a peanut allergy. Um, Definitely an interesting question, Joe, (laughs) for sure. If you're interested in checking out my chat with Joe Salgo, episode 129, there is a link in the show notes. Eat perfectly placed next another one from the weekend that i would put on a hall of fame list this one really shedding its skin taking on a completely different vibe very early on only about a minute and a half in and embracing an emotional beautiful and hopeful sweet little ditty that jake came up with right before the show beginning to spread its wings, build confidence, and seriously, a soaring, uplifting jam, getting some serious height as it continues to build this hopefulness, twinkling back down to earth, shaking its head, and coming back into its original thought, building back in to eat. That is a very nasty version, and I am all about it. Definitely up there as highlights from the whole weekend personally. Bayless says before going into the next one that they should actually cut the one that they had planned next so that there is time to play the one that they had after that, which reveals itself as The Haunt, a definite good call on Bayless's part. Before sinking in another fan question, this one, what song cover or original that you played that is now off the table? Obviously, the answer was R. Kelly's Ignition. I recently had this conversation with my husband and how much that actually sucks because I really like the way they covered that tune. I think they do a really great job. It's a lot of fun and kind of sucks that they don't feel um, okay covering that anymore. Perfectly understandable why, Um, (laughs) but it kind of sucks because they really slayed that cover and it was awesome. Anyway, back to The Haunt. Last played January 19th, 2019 at the Taft Theater in Cincinnati, Ohio. I would also put this tune on a Hall of Fame list. Slipping into it slightly after four minutes, having a very Pink Floyd vibe to it as it starts to begin down its path, definitely slipping into a little Floyd tease there for a second. Really dancing off, embracing the sound of a massive aircraft soaring in for a minute there too. Slipping back into that Floyd sound tease as it comes out and sinking into some improv as it transitions itself. Aggressively showing another personality with the final tune of the first set. Got your milk right here.
set two would get started with the number one fan voted song wizard burial ground and we would later learn that this set would be a thick meaty wizards sandwich that would allow this one some time to rage before it dissipates away being left behind for now and through the smoke ocean billy starts to come into view getting comfortable when it slips into the jam enjoying some time to really dance along falling away and building itself back into the bigness that is ocean billy this one i would also tuck away on that hypothetical 2021 list to come back to because that was a very nice little adventure to go on and as i mentioned at the top of the show the band released video from that wizards into ocean billy um, and there's a link in the show notes if you missed that Getting into it slightly before six and a half, gleefully dancing along in the sunlight, allowing it to drive out for a little bit before reeling it in, changing direction five minutes later and full of determination, setting its sights on coming back home into Ocean Billy. Bayless shares the story of how the song got its name afterwards, saying they played it in Kalamazoo, which I looked up on all things Umphreys, and that would have been November 1st, 2003, at the Kalamazoo State Theater, debuting the night before on the 31st in Indianapolis at the Egyptian Room, and then played again on the 1st of November. Nothing too fancy. Next, this one goes on a couple different adventures before it sees completion bursting fully open into nothing too fancy slightly after four minutes sinking its teeth in and dancing off for a little bit boomeranging back into nothing too fancy and really venturing way the hell out reining it in and sinking down the rabbit hole leaving nothing too fancy as a forgotten thought and sweetly embodying haji Another question before going into the next one. Has the band acquired any new skills since being in quarantine? And again, no real answer. Just a bunch of hilarious banter instead. That's certainly a nice little thing about the shows like this. The fun back and forth between everyone. Although I can appreciate Ryan's answer to that question of using this time to teach his kids how to swear properly. (laughs) I mean, if they're going to do it, they're going to say it. Make sure they're using it right, right? (laughs) In the black coming out next, leaving it levitating in the air, building back together the pieces of that nothing too fancy that we left in the rearview mirror a little bit ago. Remind Me would come up next, sinking deep into a nice little funky jam slightly before three minutes, continuing on, embracing a little more abrasiveness before setting it down for a second. As it builds back together, it drips this really funky, sexy thickness, but not for long, pivoting and charging headfirst into the sex metal part of Remind Me, coming full circle with the end of Wizard Burial Ground that started the second set to close out the first night of Wrapped Around Nashville. Friday night set one would feature Brennan and Jake on acoustic guitars for the entire set. This first set would reveal itself as an in the kitchen sandwich. Bayless legit forgot the real lyrics instead of saying the usual, will you be hungover tomorrow or will we see you tomorrow? 
He said, feel some way tomorrow. The actual lyrics, which I will admit I had to look up to double check them too, <laughs> are if you're if you'd still be here tomorrow. So sinking into a nice little jam about four minutes. Stasic again layering those thick, heavy blocks to start this jam along its way. I gotta ask, who else yells like Joel when Bayla says, What could make me old? I don't always at shows I didn't used to. I just kind of like smile and like look at everybody else who's yelling like Joel. But I do on these streams. And I think a lot of it has to do with miss, missing everybody and, and missing being in the crowd. Um, so yeah, I definitely yell like Joel. And my daughter Marley does too, which I think is really, really funny. <laughs> Back to this jam, rounding the corner and beautifully coasting out, dissipating and falling to earth picking itself up and tumbling into wife soup end of the road beautifully dancing out next followed by another question from teddy browning kevin's son asks brendan do your farts still smell like roses <laughs> in case you wanted to know brendan replies with yes of course they do <laughs> really sinking into emotion with the next one final word Great American coming out after that. The first one from night two that I tucked onto that 2021 list of mine. Beautifully dancing off about two minutes. Wandering away on its own for a little bit. Coming back home into Great American. Before this next one, Ryan Stasek answers a question that takes us on a little education on Italian film. He goes into this whole thing. You're just going to have to listen back to the show to get the full effect of it. Just in the moment, you're just like, yeah, okay. All right, Stasek. All right. <laughs> Definitely listen to that part of it, too. You're just like, okay. You know all of this information about Italian film. Awesome. <laughs> Women, Wine, and Song next. Personally, I just love this song so much. I'm sure I've mentioned that before. The next question, who would you have narrate the story of your life? Chris as Morgan Freeman was Brendan's vote. Joel said Jack Black and Jake said Ronnie James Dio, who among other things replaced Ozzy in Black Sabbath in 1979 and appeared on three of their albums. Not surprised that someone like that was his response <laughs> i absolutely love the way jake just rips it open before floating into uncle wally next i've listened to this version a couple times mostly just for that beginning of just the way he just kind of rips the universe open and then just uncle wally just beautifully tumbles out it's just so delicious another question after that what do you do if you have to go to the bathroom during a hardcore jam? And honestly, that's like a really legit question because I've wondered this myself. Stasic answers that you walk off stage while nodding to the drummer that it's time for a drum solo. Double F next starting to burrow itself in, getting into the depth of itself about three minutes in, rumbling along, easing the intensity, breaking through the clouds, and then trilling around the corner and beautifully revealing visions, getting a little deeper in slightly before three and a half, 
spreading its wings slightly, putting its feet back on the earth, and Jake dancing into a slight, I believe nothing else matters by Metallica, tease not mentioned for a minute before starting to reveal the conclusion of In the Kitchen that started the evening. Whew. That acoustic set just felt so good. I'm so glad that they decided to do that. Nice song choices too. Definitely, that was just so, so good. Switching direction when they come out of the gate for the second set. Getting things going with Hurt Birdbath. Sinking knee deep into it and wandering off. Boomeranging back into Hurt Birdbath. Wandering back out, getting confident and gaining momentum and soaring right back into the tune. Another question after that, if the band and crew had an arm wrestling contest, who would win? The answer again was Louie. This next one went out to my friend Stephanie, a tribute to her dad who passed away a year ago, Puppet String. This one is also going on that 2021 list. This jam is just nasty from the minute they let it off its leash slightly after four minutes, dropping back into puppet string about four minutes later. Stinko's Ascension ripping out next, getting comfortable a little before three minutes, enjoying a nice ride around the neighborhood and slamming back into Stinko's slightly after six minutes. Another question What is the band's most embarrassing moment on stage? A couple of great answers with that one. Um, And I'm sure there's so many more other stories that they could share. Um, Booth Love next, followed by another question. Have the guys given up on a cover because it was too hard or just wouldn't come together? The answer, according to Joel, is yes. And the song is Boston's Smokin'. I'm sure that there's other uh, other tunes that would fall into that category. Night 2 had some technical difficulties throughout pretty much the whole second set. And during this next song, the Crooked One, is where it stopped working for everyone. I know a couple people maybe were still getting a little bit of it, but my shit was just being stupid pretty much during like hurt bird bath like it was just being annoying so when I rewatched I just started from the beginning of the second set the band did finish the set even though we didn't see it um, but they did make it available for replay the next day pretty early um, so we were able to you know catch up on what we missed Uh, this crooked one also went on my 2021 list floating off slightly after six minutes, enjoying a couple rotations around the block as it continues, building up all sorts of energy and resonating way out and driving it right back into earth. That little adventure was a lot of fun. Dump City next, tinkering around as it continues, embodying some 70s spy show funk vibes for a minute there. About eight minutes beginning to lay some new Lego pieces that will build the path back into Dump City. And ending night two with the perfect choice divisions. Chris wandering off on his own about four minutes. And some people were joking that Stasic needed to take a bathroom break because the drummer was doing a drum solo. Finding its way back into divisions about two minutes later. Allowing for it to dance out and around a little more before bringing it back home and ending night two. 
That brings us to the final night of this run. Set one would consist of a choose-your-own-adventure set. I got half of what I picked, about five out of eight. On Twitter during the set, the band was sharing graphics of how many votes each song got. I thought it was really interesting to see what people voted for. First up, DBK or Miss Tinkles. The winner was DBK. That is what I chose. Getting into the depths of it slightly after eight minutes. Adventuring out for a few minutes before dancing itself back home. Morphing right into the next tune, Alex's House, which beat out Cut Off and Thin Air. I personally chose Thin Air. Another question up next. If the band had ever seen a concert together... Bayless remembers seeing Guns N' Roses at Philadelphia Eagles Stadium. Up next, a choice between Morning Song, Slacker, or Words. The winner, Slacker. I chose Words. Dropping into it slightly after two minutes. Getting all sorts of sexy as Jake slips into a nice little sensual tease of Bread and Butter by the New Beats. About a minute-ish later. Um, That's also not mentioned on All Things Umphreys, but it's definitely that. (laughs) Starting to strut itself back into Slacker, fully bringing it back home at about six and a half. The choice of Kabump or Night Nurse next with the winner and also my choice night nurse. Boy, did it feel good to get down to that one. And that's exactly why I chose that one. It just felt like we all really needed to do that. (laughs) Dancing deeper into it slightly after two minutes, slipping a little further down the rabbit hole about two minutes later, dusting itself off and continuing to dance on, falling to earth slightly before eight and a half, Waking itself up and stomping confidently into Phil's farm. Phil's would beat out Walletsworth and 1348. I also chose Phil's. This one is so ready to go from the minute they start. I almost imagine it was like a classic car that finally on a nice day could go out for a drive. It's just itching to go. And that's exactly how it felt with Phil's and especially the jam and the way that they started it. That's what I thought about when I voted for this one too. Um, that that was really what we needed to. It was a really fatty fills and a really dancey night nurse. And I'm really glad that both of those songs um, made it through because we definitely needed both of those. We needed that side of Umphreys for sure. A calming and catching its breath a little bit, picking itself up and heading off in a hopeful direction, rounding the corner, expanding out and really absorbing all the energy flowing around and embracing the abrasiveness from previously for a bit before dissipating into a Led Zeppelin, baby, I'm going to leave you tease, putting the brakes on, changing direction, and driving right back into Phil's. That one, uh, say it again, it just felt so good. (laughs) Another question after this one about Joel singing leads on cover. I just really, really love the banter from all three of these nights, especially this last night. They just seemed so comfortable and so ready to play, especially after the issues from the night before. It They were just like all in a really silly and fun mood. And, you know, the, the banter is so great. So, you know, make sure you listen back, of course, obviously, to listen to the shows. But to get all the, the fun banter is just priceless. Up next, The Fuzz, Higgins, or Intentions Clear. I chose Higgins, and the vote went to The Fuzz. 
fading out and getting all outer spacey and dramatic as it moves out and into the next choice, beating out Den and Glory, Paget's profile, aggressively coming out next and making its presence very known, and fuck yes on this one. I voted for Paget, so I am very stoked about them playing it. Apparently, there were some last-minute folks that were trying to stuff the ballot box for Den, but Paget's still prevailed. And I'm so glad I did. That was another tasty, tasty moment for sure. Last question for this set. Best Ryan Stasek story. Jake shares a absolutely hilarious story about Stasek being bear hugged by a smelly wook at a festival when he was hungover and then puking in front of the guy because the guy smelled so bad. Um, Oh my God, that's really hilarious um Chris also shares a really funny funny memory too um like I said the banter and the conversations between songs is totally worth the price of admission in itself final choice for the evening how are we going to end this adventure party and peeps or finish dbk Although that DBK to open the set was left unfinished the choice was made to end the evening with party and peeps I voted for the set to be a nice fatty DBK sandwich. That didn't happen, but the choices that were made that I didn't vote for, I still think made for a great set and a really fun adventure. So that brings us to the final set of the weekend, getting things going with Whoppy. I always like pause before I say that. (laughs) The fifth most voted for song, getting funky as hell slightly after four minutes, cooling its heels about two minutes later, but not for long, gearing itself up and exploding back out. And I'm going to shout out my friend Kyle because this is the exact type of jam that when I hear it, I can just envision seeing him on the rail just getting down to this. I miss that so much so much I feel like sometimes I miss watching my friends rage a show more than anything because the energy that comes off of them loving that jam just fuels me in that moment too so I just really miss that and then hearing like jams like that just makes me think of my friends so much Creeping its way back into Wappy about nine minutes, fully exploding in a minute later, jumping right into Front Porch, the second most fan voted for song, sweetly beginning to venture off on its own slightly before three and a half, hopefully continuing on, coming back into Front Porch about five minutes later, sinking its heels in at nine and a half, continuing to build as it dances on, gathering more and more energy cooling its heels before revving itself back up and slamming back into front porch. All Things Ninja next, which was tied with divisions in the 7th and 8th spot. Next question, of course, a sarcastic one. Why does Andy Farag talk so damn much? If you watched it, you caught the epic stare down between Andy and the cameraman. And actually... Andy does talk a lot. I had the pleasure of interviewing him recently. Um, If you miss that, you're definitely going to want to check it out because he has some really great stories and shares some awesome information about himself and his history with becoming a percussionist. Um, So I will 
link that in the show notes um, if you haven't listened to it because it's a really great conversation with Andy who doesn't usually do interviews. So I was very grateful that he took the time to be on the show. Attachments next, starting its adventure about seven minutes with Chris laying the path as it begins to jazzingly dance on. I don't know if that's a word, but I just invented it if it's not. (laughs) Moving into the 11th most fan voted song, Draconian. Draconian? Someday I'll get that right. (laughs) This one also getting funky as hell, really getting a rubber bouncy sound to it around eight minutes, falling apart and down to earth, but quickly bringing itself back together, fully embracing that funkiness that we were neck deep in a bit ago, rounding the corner, soaring right into those lyrics, those lyrics of that song. A question for Chris next, where does he get his shirts? And the answer is all saints clothing, in case you're curious. Another question after that, what is the worst bet you ever lost? And Bayless's response is that he lost a bet to Rob from Mo. It was Chicago Bears versus the Patriots. And the loser had to play with the other band in his boxers at summer camp. No other details on this one, but I would love to know more. So if you listening um, witnessed this or have any memory of this, Um, please reach out and let me know because I would love to uh, get some elaboration on that for sure. Rocktopus next, of course, an homage to what they were affectionately calling Chris's new space, Rocktopus's Garden. The 12th most voted for song by the fans, the triple wide next, wasting no time and fully owning who it is the minute it starts out, really dripping with this thick funkiness about four minutes, shedding that part of it as it continues to dance along, instead adopting a more matter-of-fact vibe, rounding the corner and instantly slipping back into the triple wide. Last question, who is the biggest prankster in the band? Again, some really great banter as a result of that question. And in the ending the evening and the weekend with August, the jam slowly and deliberately beginning to build itself slightly after two minutes, boomeranging back into August a few minutes later, heading off on one more little adventure for the weekend about seven minutes and bringing it all back home two minutes later. So that's everything I have for this week of the show Boy, (laughs) that was a lot, but it was so good to be able to talk about live music again. So, so good. It felt so good to talk about live music again. There is a whole bunch of links in the show notes for anything that I may have referenced throughout this episode. Also, where you can give a listen to these shows on Nugs and where you can check out the videos that I mentioned as well. Also where you can binge on a ton of great past episodes, book your own conversation, and be a guest on the show. Subscribe to the show's YouTube page where you can snag some official merch from the Dropped Among This Crowd Etsy store. Where you can find all of the subscription information for Conduit Magazine and a whole bunch more. So make sure you check all of that out. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Mad love.
So that's everything I have for this week's episode. Thank you again to Robbie for your time. It was such a pleasure. There are a bunch of links in the show notes where you can binge on past episodes, book your own conversation, and be a guest on the show. Subscribe to the show's YouTube channel where you can snag some official merch from the Dropped Among This Crowd Etsy store, where you can find all the information about subscribing to Conduit Magazine and a ton more, so make sure you check all of that out. Thank you again for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Mad love.